Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. It's obviously been a wild year for motorsports and few places have been as affected as the Northeast. With race cancellations, postponements, and just general uncertainty, the racing community there has had to be very flexible. One of the drivers who've made the most of a bad situation is Matt Williamson. Matt was the 2019 Super Dirt Car Series champion and is one of the names you have to contend with on a nightly basis when running Northeast Modifieds. This season, amongst several other wins, Matt won $53,000 with the Short Track Super Series at Port Royal, and then went a week later to Orange County Fair Speedway and took down another $20,000 at the Eastern States 100. He joins me to talk about getting back and forth across the border during that pandemic, what pushed him over the edge for a championship last year, and much more. Before we get to Matt, this episode is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. If you're a regular listener to the Dirt Tracker podcast, you've been hearing me talk about Blood for a few weeks now. While Blood might be a newer brand name, the guys and technology behind it certainly are not. The folks behind Blood have decades of experience making high-quality lubricants, and their technology and products have a proven track record across many industries and applications. You can take advantage of their knowledge and experience to keep your race car performing at its best with their line of high-quality synthetic racing oils. And don't just take my word for it. I'm just a dirt fan with a podcast. What the hell do I know about racing oils? But you should listen to guys like Corey Eliason, Danny Dietrich, and Craig Kinzer. These are serious professional racers with a ton of race wins on some of the biggest stages, and they all trust Blood Products in their race cars. To see the full line of blood lubricants and accessories, visit bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D lubricants.com. If you'd like to receive 25% off most products, use code DIRT at checkout. That's D-I-R-T, all caps, at checkout. Now, let's get to my conversation with Matt Williamson. Uh, Matt, I guess the, the thing, and actually we were just talking about it here briefly, um, but the, the, the difficulty of, of you, know, you being a Canadian racer and racing in the United States this year, kind of give me an idea of what it's been like going back and forth across the border and, and all of the hoops you've had to jump through. Um, you know, it's, it's been one summer to forget, really. Um, you know, with the, with the border being closed, it kind of brought up, a, brought up a situation that we never really wanted to deal with. Um, and, you know, fortunately for me, over the past few years, we've, we've had, you know, accountants involved and lawyers involved in making sure that if anything like this came about, um, we wouldn't have any issues. So, um, kind of planned ahead, but didn't really plan on, plan on this happening. So, um, when it did, we, we were, we were well prepared and, um, just, it, it just made it difficult. You know, um, you want to want to keep everybody safe and, um, when we were traveling, obviously we're, we're more risk than what, what it would be if we weren't traveling. So, um, when I came home from, from, from racing in the States, I'd get tested and, um, essentially have to quarantine until my test results came back. So, um, it was a kind of a hassle, but, uh, we, we dealt with it the best we could. How difficult is it in a normal year? I mean, is it pretty simple to get back and forth across the board? I mean, is it just you or are you hauling race cars or how does that work? Yeah. You know, it's not too bad. Um, you know, when we go racing with my own stuff, um, they, they tend to kind of see you more often and, um, we cross two to three times a week, sometimes even more. So, um, the, the U S border border agents are, are really good with us coming over racing. Um, if any time, if anything, we, we do get a hassle, it's coming home, back home into Canada. Um, you know, they don't like you, you going to the States and spending money and, um, you know, that the Americans like us coming and spending money. So, uh, it's kind of a double edged sword, but, uh, you know, it really, it's, it's, it's a hassle that you wouldn't like to deal with, but it, it all in all, we make the best of it. Uh, you, I, I guess your, your main deal is, is big block modified, but now you run some 358 stuff too, but 
I was looking at some stats earlier, and it looks like you ran somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 races this year and, and won something like 16 or 17 races. Uh, kind of give me a rundown on, on your season and, and what you've been able to do so far. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, wasn't bad either. You know, we made the best of it uh, towards the end. Um, kind of really, really made the whole year better. Um, we, we had won some big races up in Canada. Um, we put on some big races and, and tried to tried to get the sport rolling at the beginning of the year. Um, won a race at Humberstone. It was, it was pretty cool to win that one. It, it paid more than what, uh, what a normal race weekly would pay. And we weren't doing anything at that point. So that, uh, that kind of got the ball rolling. And, um, then we went up to Quebec and won a race in Granby. And, um, that was my first ever win in Quebec. So that was, that was cool to do too. And, um, then we won at Cornwall, we won at Brockville, um, crossed over the border a couple times, won a race at Albany, Saratoga, and um, won, a, won, a, won a few at, you know, other places, um, Orange County, um, Port Royal, you know, at the end of the year, we, we really turned it up at the big money races, and uh, they, that's what makes your year. Um, you know, 53000 at Port Royal and 25000 in Orange County in the middle of a pandemic is, uh, is about all you could ask for, so it, uh, it was good. You kind of go back and forth between cars. You know, give me an idea about what your, you know, your kind of arrangement is with the different teams and cars you drive for. Yeah, we, um, you know, we have our own program. Um, small block, big block. We have one, one big block and one small block. Um, you know, great motors and good cars. Um, that's kind of how I got rolling. And um, I've got very good, very good group of guys that help me out on my own stuff and um, sponsors and crew and, and, you know, family, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool deal what I got on my own. And, um, but then I, like you said, I got great car owners. Um, you know, I got, I got Ranceville. We, we run over at Ranceville on Friday nights and, um, the Coco Wentz team that they, they're awesome to go and, you know, it's a, it's enjoyable every Friday night going over there and, and racing with them guys and then drink a beer after the races. So that's kind of my, my traveling small block. Um, you know, we plan to run some bigger races with that at the end of the year so that I can keep my own stuff for, for the satellite shows during super dirt week and um you know the, the other the, the canadian races like brockville the, the ten thousand winner brockville at the end of the year and um some of the cornwall races and um then i got uh on american racers um short track super series kind of stuff we got the the barons number three car um we keep that one for like i said the short track super series american racer races um and, and most of the orange county races uh jeff and harry are are pretty close to the Orange County Fair Speedway, and um, you know it, it holds a special place in their heart. And they like to do all the big races there. And then, uh, obviously, you know the, the car we won the Super Dirt Series Championship with was uh, the Buzz 288. And, um, Buzz is from Long Island and goes to Florida in the winter time, so it works out really good that we can we can race at Volusia when he's down there, and he can kind of come over and spend a week with us and and get away from it all, and um, kind of spend a week with the boys drinking beer and and vodka sodas. So. Um, we race his stuff, uh, the Super Dirt Series stuff, uh, Super Dirt Week, um, essentially every big, big money race on Who Your Tires. And, um, for all the car owners to get along and kind of have this agreement is, is you know, pretty special to me. Um, obviously, like I said, it started, you know, in the shop behind me and, and it's kind of led into this big thing where, where I can go racing a lot more and, and hit up a lot, big, a lot bigger races with, with some good equipment. Are you able to race professionally or do you have another job? Uh, actually, I, I work, you know, during the winter. Um, my dad's involved in Bicknell Racing Products. Uh, they build, you know, 250 
big block modified, small block modified, sportsman cars a year. So um, they're they're swamped. Uh, I go in there during the day in the wintertime and and hang bodies and you know try to try to help out where I can. Um, I actually went in today and I got my car back from paint and um, the shop's empty behind us. I got a snowmobile back there and you know a bunch of parts sitting on the ground, but uh, I got my frame back and I'm putting a body on that, and getting that ready to go. Um, we're not sure whether we're going to put a big block in it or a small block in it, but uh, that's going to be uh, something we build over the winter. And, um, you know, fortunately I get to do that at work. Is there, how many guys do you think there are up there that are able to race professionally? I mean, is there enough money, you know, around to be able to do that for the, for the modified guys? Uh, it's tough, you know, um, obviously Stuart Friesen does it. He's got a truck deal going on that kind of helps out. Uh, Matt Shepard does it. Um, you know, I know a few others, but I'm not sure whether whether they work or not. I know Anthony Perego races for a living, but he also helps out at Tio, I think. Um, you know, and, and Billy Dunn, I think Billy Dunn raced for a living, Tim Fuller. Um, I'm not really sure of, sure of many others. I mean, everybody's got something else going on um, with the racing stuff. You know, Larry White has a, has a trucking business to take care of. Uh, Jimmy Phelps has Weedsport, and um, I'm pretty sure he's he's got, you know, this big business that he takes care of too, so – um, up here, it seems like everybody, you know, no, nobody really races for a living without doing something else. You know, even Matt Shepard, he races for a living, but he builds bodies in the wintertime and, and, you know, helps people set up their cars and, you know, you can't just work on your own stuff and, and expect to, to go get from end of November to March without a paycheck. It's, it's a tough deal. So, um, we, we try and make the best of it. Do you think that the seasons have a lot to do with that? Obviously not being able to race until later in the year because it's still so dang cold. Like maybe if you're able to race, like, you know, in the U.S., if you're able to go south or something like that and race, maybe you'd be able to make some more money? Yeah, I, I think it's actually trending towards, you know, more what the late models and the, the sprint cars are doing. Um, obviously, there was a couple of big races in Louisiana this week. Um, you know, and if it would have been a normal year with the border open, we probably would have been down there racing. So, um it, it's getting to be, you know, they're, they're talking like more and more races and people are kind of opening their eyes to, to how cool these modifieds are. You know, I think they're, they're, there's mentions that they're going to come out on iRacing. Hopefully that, that, that's a huge platform to be a part of. Hopefully that, that can kind of broaden the horizons for the modified racing. And, um, you know, Brett Dale announced today there's going to be 250,000 to win races next year. So um, not just his traditional Fonda 200 and, um, this year was replaced at Port Royal. He's going to do both of them. So that's, that's awesome to see. Uh, th those races are what, what makes it so that you can race for a living and, and have a pretty decent paycheck at the end of the year. You obviously won the Eastern States and, and that Port Royal weekend kind of pretty close to each other there. I was, you know, a, a nice stretch of, of races for you. But do you feel like as a racer, when you get an opportunity to go like that, you know, $50,000 for a Modifieds is there's not too many shows on the schedule that are paying that kind of money. But, you know, do you feel like the pressure and, and kind of the competition ramp up when you go race one of those big money shows? Um, you know, the, your nerves are a little bit, uh, a little bit more weary. Um, it, obviously you prepare a little bit more um this year we went down and raced um this you know, october fast and then uh went from october fast down to jeff Barron's shop and and did a little bit of preparation on the car um you know jeff always builds good cars and um i'm i'm very fortunate you know everybody i drive for probably prepares race cars better than i would myself so um you know, not saying that we went down there to, to check on Jeff's work, but, you know, an extra set of eyes, we scaled the car and, um, you know, he brought out a new car for those two races and we, we probably would have brought it out in, 
in you know the middle of summer or beginning of summer but this year there was no races so we kind of saved that one you know the new car he was putting together we kind of saved it towards the end of the year and and knew that there was going to be seventy three thousand dollars or seventy eight thousand dollars in in a two-week period where we could we could put something together so um you know obviously when when you're working on a car and you're going to race for seventy eight thousand in two weeks you you uh you put you don't mind working late nights and, and early mornings so um Fortunately, I, I got to bring some crew guys down from Canada for for those big races, and they they made it feel like home. And um, we just we we worked hard to, to win them once. When you kind of look around at, at your year, I'm curious. You know, there wasn't Super Dirt Week this year, and it, you know it's it's wild to think that there was no Super Dirt Week in a season. But obviously, got replaced by Oktoberfest, like you mentioned. How strange was it to kind of go down there and, and do something like Oktoberfest, kind of in place of Super Dirt Week? Um, you know, it was, it was different. Uh, obviously we missed what, what Oswego has become. Um, you know, it just seemed to be starting to get rolling. Obviously, you know, we won there last year, so it, it's like a double whammy when you can't go there and race again this year. But, uh, even with, you know, take the win away and take everything away that happened last year, um, the atmosphere was starting to get, uh, to get to be like, the, you know, the moody mile was and, and like, like super dirt, we should be, you know, that's, that's the greatest party on dirt. Um, it's a, uh, it's a weekend everybody looks forward to. And it was finally starting to get the ball rolling where people knew where to go at night. And um, it, it had the atmosphere of, of super dirt week. And then of course the pandemic hit. So um, I think dirt did a great job with making October fast um, as the best they could, the best they could during a pandemic. But uh, obviously I hope, I hope we get back to normal next week for next year for super dirt week. I want to definitely talk about your kind of 2019 season and, and winning the championship. And, you know, you had a really great year. You, you beat Matt Shepard, multiple wins. You know, you're in the top 10 all the time. But, you know, what did you learn or, you know, what was different from past seasons to 2019 that, you know, allowed you to kind of get over that hump and, and win the championship? Um, you know, we had we had joined on with Buzz. Uh, they, they provided me with probably cars that we wouldn't have had uh in years prior at racetracks that that we never raced at you know we went to lebanon valley and um we run fifth at the valley and you know i'll i'll attribute all that success to, to billy the kid motors you know billy uh billy's from that area and um you know buzz has has a great motor package but uh he has a a, a pretty good one that runs down the straightaways and um you know fortunately we went to the valley and, and we ran fifth and I, I had never been there before before last year and um I think that 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 was uh, attributed to to Buzz's motor program. So, um, as far as like uh, why 2019 was great, I, I just think that everybody came together and um, you know we raced Jeff's car at, at Orange County for Super Dirt Series race. We raced our own car up in Canada uh, for all the Super Dirt Series races, and then we raced Buzz's car uh, at probably 75 or 80 or 90 percent of the races. So. Um, we were successful, I think, because we spread it out. And, um, nobody got burned out. Nobody got burned out in September and October. And uh, we just had great equipment. And, you know, Buzz was pretty excited when we when we won. He uh, he brought up a cool fact that, that we had finished every lap of every race uh, all year. So that's um, – I don't know. I don't know when the last time that was done, you know. that's uh, That just goes to show you how hard the guys work in the shop and, and the great equipment we have behind us. 
One of the things that always kind of blows me away about the, you know, the traveling series and things like that, and even the Northeast as a whole is just how crazy, you know, close it is and, and how much talent there is. But what is it like racing on a night to night basis against the Stuart Friesens, the Billy Pouch Juniors, the Tim Fullers, the, you know, the Matt Shepherds, like all of these guys, you know, that are so good, like how difficult is it on a night to night basis? It's, it's tough. You know, like, like you said, you, you need a lot of good race car drivers there and they, they're out of a race that, that pays big money. So, um, to, to go and to go and win them big races to, to win any race really, you know, especially from September 1st to, to November 30th, those are the hard ones. Those are when everybody's not racing weekly and, um, everybody shows up at the racetrack. There's, there's everybody you name there racing at them races. So, um, those ones are tough. You know, I grew up thinking that I'd never have a shot at winning any of them. Uh, I never thought I'd win Super Dirt Week. I never thought I'd win a Super Dirt Series title, uh, let alone win in the Port Royal Showcase 200. Um, this pop-up event during a pandemic was, was pretty cool. So um, I think I've been, been pretty fortunate to, to be selected to drive for these, these good cars and good car owners, and um, it makes winning them races a little easier. As you kind of look around the Northeast, there's obviously like a ton of tracks, you know, between the U.S. and Canada that run big blocks and small blocks. You've got, you know, a couple of different series going on. How do you like at the beginning of a season decide where you're going to race, how often you're going to race? Like, how do you put that schedule together knowing there's so many places you can go race? I guess in a normal year anyway. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of got to fly by the seat of your pants, really. Um, you know, you, you put on your schedule, uh, for me, it would be Ranceville on Fridays, Merrittville on Saturdays, and as many Sunday races as you can. And then you kind of fill in all the Super Dirt Series races. Uh, you take away the weekly races when it's, there's a Super Dirt Series race. Um, and then you fill in the Short Track Super Series races. And then every big race following that, you know, if Orange County comes up with a 100,000 win race, you put that in, you don't in place anything. And then you, you kind of pick importance. Um, you know, if there's a race paying 10,000 to win and it's up against the race that's 3000 to win that you would, you would normally schedule in, you know, you pick the bigger money, but, uh, it's tough. Um, that kind of goes back to, to having everybody kind of agree on a, on a program, American racers and Hoosiers and small block and big block. And, um, it, uh, you, you hope that when everybody schedules races, there's no conflicts. Uh, but obviously every year there's, there's something comes up that, that one car owner wants to do and the other one wants to do. And, then you just kind of, you know, you do what makes sense and you try to make everybody happy. And um, ultimately, you know, they're, they're very understanding. Uh, every team owner is very understanding and, and crew members very understanding. And uh, you just, you get through it, you get through it. Give me an idea about your own background, you know, where you got started, what cars you're in, you know, what your progression looked like to kind of get you to this point. Um, I started racing go-karts at Merrittville. Didn't really travel much. Uh, dad was always busy building a business, um, working, you know, he works six, seven days a week, probably 90 something hours a week. And, um, you know, that's, that's as far as, as long as I can look back, that's, that's what dad's done. So, um, we raced go-karts just Tuesday nights at Merrittville. And then, um, you know, the reason we didn't travel is because he was working. And then uh, when I was 15, we moved into the sportsman car. Uh, raced that at Merrittville, Ranceville, Oshwegan, Humberstone, everything pretty much locally uh, for four or five years. And then when I was 19, we got it modified and um, did the same thing, kind of. We didn't really travel much. Um, tried to do Super Dirt Week. Uh, you know, we raced at the mile a few times. 
um, traveled a little bit and then uh, got a big block, kind of just traveled a little more, went to Lernerville, won some races down there, a couple championships, um, won a championship at Merrittville, kind of just progressed, really. It just, you know, kept working hard, kept your head down. Um, you know, there was a year we went to Canadagua every week and uh, we'd be lucky to finish fifth. You know, that was that was a tough learning curve and, and a year probably that, that made me a better race car driver now today get my butt beat every Saturday at Canadagua. So, um, looking back at it now, it's, it's cool to kind of reminisce and, and, you know, look at the checks on the wall from when you started, they, they progressed from $1,800 checks at the, at the BRP mod tour to, you know, the big super dirt week wins in Port Royal and, um, Orange County and, you know, all of them. It's, uh, it's kind of like a trip down memory lane. How big is the learning curve when you kind of jump from one level to the next, you know, from, from, you know, the lower levels up to the small block and then the small block to the big block is, is there a lot to learn as you move up? I think the, you know, the biggest jump was probably going from a, from a sportsman to a 358. Um, you know, a lot of these racetracks, the 358s are going just as fast around there as a big block is. And then when we got in a big block, we actually went down to um, Volusia. Matt Shepard towed the car down for us when he was uh, racing for Jeff Brownell. And um, that was that was probably the biggest jump from from going from a 358 to a big block at Volusia is like, you know, Volusia's fast. It's it's uh, it's one of the fastest places a big block probably races at besides Charlotte. And um, that was some learning that that took some learning that year. But uh, for the most part, from a from a 358 to a big block isn't much of a difference. Um, it probably hurt us this year because we couldn't race a big block every week. That uh, when we jumped in them, it took us probably you know a hot lap session or a heat race to, to get used to that power. And um, really I like racing a big block more because it, it, it gives you the ability to get yourself out of trouble and, and you can race a little harder than the 358, 358, you kind of got to race it like a sportsman car. So, um, but not too much of a, not too much of a learning curve. Is there like a big cost difference, you know, between engines and, and things like that? I mean, I would imagine the cars are the same, but I, you know, when you go from the small block to the big block, is there a big jump in cost? Yeah, you know, we build a big block and a small block car are essentially the same. I think the only difference is the the length of the hood is a little shorter with a small block car, um, and the axles are different. But uh, motor wise, you know, the, the the big block stuff is is getting to be expensive. But you know, you get what you pay for. I mean, you can go out and buy a Lexus for one hundred and fifty thousand, or you can buy a Ford for twenty four thousand. So, um, you know, we, my own motor program, we get we get dug at Finger Lakes to build our stuff and. Um, Doug's like probably the most reliable, you know, tamest engine builder you could ask for in the Northeast. He builds great, great motors. And, um, you know, and then, you know, Billy, the kid builds the buzz shoe stuff and, and Billy does a great job building motors that get you out of trouble anywhere you go. Um, you know, Lebanon Valley and stuff like that, that they're, uh, their stuff's the, the cat's ass. And, um, you know, then Clemens builds the stuff that, that Jeff Barrett owns and, and it's kind of, you know, then the next level up in, in price range and um, it, it's awesome stuff, but uh, small block to big block, you're probably looking anywhere between, you know, 25 for a small block and 40 for a big block. I would say average, you know, obviously you can spend more, you can spend less, but uh, it depends on how much you want to spend. I, I talked to Shane Andrews uh, about this. I had him on, on this show here not long ago. And, and it was always one of the things when I got an opportunity to go to Volusia or go to world finals and, and actually look at the cars. It's just how damn nice the big block modified guys keep their stuff. 
And I, I mean, like, you know, the, the sprint car guys, late model guys, obviously they take care of their stuff too. I don't want to say that they don't, but it just seems like the big block modified guys, like it's just a step above. And I, I'm curious why that is and, and why that's important to the teams to, to be able to, to show a car that's so damn nice every time it rolls off the trailer. You know, I think for the most part, when, when you see us at Charlotte and Florida, um, you know, you're seeing guys that, that are willing to travel, you know, anywhere from, from four to 12 hours to get to, to Charlotte and probably 12 to, to 18 to get to Florida. So obviously we take a lot of pride in making sure that when we roll down there, our, our stuff is nice looking. And um, I think that obviously there, there's some late model guys that, that keep their stuff top notch, just like there's some modified guys that keep their stuff top notch. And, you know, same goes for sprint cars and there's some ratty looking modifieds, just like there's ratty looking late models. But, uh, you know, you see us at our best. You see us when, when, when we're racing down to Charlotte and it's the best from everywhere. It's the best from Warrenville and the best from Burton, the best from Canada. Iowa. So, um, I, I think that that's probably, you know, the most to do with it, but, uh, yeah, my stuff, if there's a quarter panel wrinkled on it, I, I make sure it's straight and nice looking and, um, you know, it's got to look, it's got to look good to go fast. So, uh, I, as I was looking around at some stuff, I, I, I love the, the nickname that keeps popping up this, the money, Ma or yeah, the money Matt nickname. Is, is there like a better nickname for a race car driver to have than money Matt? I mean, like you show up at the big money shows you win, like, that's awesome. I had the worst nickname before that. So, um, I think that I, I worked really hard to earn a new nickname and it's not uh, it's not a given nickname. It's, it's kind of earned, which means a, a little bit more to me than, than, than most of that. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm happy with the whole money man thing. <laughs> As you kind of look towards next season, I, obviously there's a ton of question marks about what's, you know, what the world's going to look like, what the schedule is going to look like. Um, but ha have you thought about, you know, where you are going to maybe try to race? Is it going to be something similar? You know, if, if things kind of go back to normal a little bit, like would it be something similar as what you did in 2019? Are you kind of looking at more maybe like what you did in 2020? Have you, have you really started thinking about that yet? Um, you know, it's always on your mind. Um, obviously right now we're thinking about Florida. Um, Brett Dale's brought out some races that are um, two weeks before Volusia would be, which, which makes it tough. But uh, that's what we're thinking about now. And um, then Volusia will be after that. But then come summertime, I don't really know what, what we're going to do right now. Um, we're going we're gonna to build a small block car. We're going to build a big block car. Um, I like to stick around home you know, Friday and Saturday, Ranceville works out perfect. I can work on Friday afternoon and jump the ditch and go race Ranceville, come home and my stuff is ready to go for Marigold on Saturday night. So that's, that's kind of the easy, easiest solution for, um, for weekly racing. But, uh, we also thought about heading down the 401 up to Cornwall and, um, that's a five hour ride. We, we, we thought about going there weekly too. So, um, weekly racing, we're kind of undecided on Sunday. Um, you know, in, in saying that, you know, in the back of my mind, Terry Vince just, just got Humberstone Speedway and he's going to do some kick-ass modified racing there too. So um, that'll probably be our Sunday home. And uh, Super Dirt Series, Short Track Super Series, we'll be at every race. Uh, hopefully we can we can get back up into the 80 race mark, 90 race mark. But um, that'll all be depending on, the you know, this pandemic that's going on. As you kind of, you know, you're off now, it's the winter time. And like you mentioned before, you don't have a car in the shop behind you as you normally would. But what does your off season look like? How much work is there to be done kind of getting cars ready? I mean, are you going to be thrashing or is it going to be kind of chill for the next couple of months? What is that going to look like? Um, you know, the, t the tough thing is we don't have motors sitting in the shop right now. Um, that's really, you know, I like to build a frame and then put the motor in and kind of build the car around a motor. 
Um, so that's kind of going to hold us back. And, and that's going to this whole COVID thing with the border is we can't go back and forth with motors in, in the pickup truck like we normally do to get them rebuilt. So um, that's going to slow us down a little bit. It might make us thrash when the border opens up. And we, we can go and get some motors back. But, um, yeah, we're not in bad shape. I mean, we'll have, uh, we'll have a car built here within probably two weeks. Um, send it for lettering out auto effects and then uh, probably build another one just before the season starts and we should be in good shape but uh off season fun i gotta i'm getting really excited to go snowmobiling <laughs> i was gonna say I, I see the snowmobile in there in, in there behind you i'd imagine that thing's probably gonna get drug out here pretty quick yeah it's uh i just picked it up actually a week ago it's the first new snowmobile i've ever had so i'm looking forward to, to when the snow flies do you uh, have to go far to be able to use that thing or, or can you uh can you use it right around the house no, I got to go probably like, you know, minimum probably three hours to, to use it. But uh, we make weekend trips and, and make it worthwhile. Um, as you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll let you go here pretty quick. But uh, for those people that, that either maybe don't watch the modifieds on a regular basis or, or maybe don't know much about it, what, what is the elevator pitch, to, you know, for, for big block modifieds? And obviously, Super Dirt Car Series is going to be on Dirt Vision, you know, all the time next year. So if people have the Dirt Vision Fast Pass, why should they tune in and watch big blocks? Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, you, you don't really know what you're missing yet. Um, I can't pick a races out, you know, off the top of my head, but there's been some kick-ass modified racing going on, even in 2020, you know, look at, look at the weed sport race that's, that's playing on dirt vision right now. Max McLaughlin, won that race was kick-ass. You know, I was battling for the weed with Shepard and Max come out of nowhere and he kind of snuckered everybody and got, got up and, and, and had to, had to race the race of his life to win. And that's you know, just off the top of my head, probably one of the better races that, that would be on dirt vision right now. Um, but, uh, the modified stuff, it, it's, it, we go to some pretty cool racetracks that are, you know, hidden gems up here in the Northeast and, and put on good shows, you know, Albany, Saratoga, if you can watch a race at Albany, Saratoga, that's, that's, it's going to be a good race. Um, you know, Burt and Fulton, Canadagua, um, GNM, there's, there's just multiple, multiple good racetracks up here that, 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 uh, will open some eyes on, on the internet. Is there anything, you know, you've won Super Dirt Car Series Championship, you've won Super Dirt Week, you know, you've, you've won a lot of big shows. Is there something still out there left that you want to win that, that you haven't yet? Um, I want to double up the Super Dirt Series Championship. Uh, that, uh, I don't want it to be a one-time thing. So, you know, when you get two, that means a little bit more than just getting one. Um, but uh, as far as races, I you know, we've been really close to winning the Fulton 200 uh, for a few years now. And, um that that's the one that kind of got away that that'd be the next one hopefully on the bucket list but uh i want to win them all <laughs> well, uh, i want to win every race we go to and I, i'm not going to circle one on the calendar and put a couple x's and highlighter beside it i'm gonna i'm gonna work hard to try and try and win uh get up into that 20 win mark for next year uh i, I wanted to jump back just quickly to volusia if i remember correctly you had a broken shop or a shock or a bent shock or something like the first night or first yep. couple of nights or something how yep. difficult was it to drive around on that? I, I know you kind of struggled the first couple of nights and then, you know, you close it out with the win after you guys figured it out, but, but like, how difficult was that? And, and how did you find that problem? Yeah. We, you know, we actually, we won the opener at Volusia um, this year and then we progressively got worse, like as the races went on and um, then the shock broke during the, during the third night, third or fourth night. And, uh, 
we kept our heads down and it kind of lit a fire under our ass. So we, uh, we worked hard all day on Saturday, make sure we were good Saturday night. And then we, we closed it out with a win. So we had a good speed week. Um, that was a place we struggled at last year and, and never really had success at before, before this year. So um, it was one of those ones that we marked on the calendar and, and said, let's, let's go out and let's, let's start 2020 off with a bang and let's, let's show everybody that last year wasn't a fluke. And, and that's certainly what we did. And then, uh, the whole the whole COVID nineteen hit <laughs> slowed our momentum down. <laughs> All right, last question: Does Matt Williamson have a like main rival? Um, not really. You know, we uh, we go to the racetrack and and you know work hard at, at trying to win and uh, trying to steal these big wins away from everybody. Um, I wouldn't say that there's one main rival, but uh, you know, who's who's to say what won't happen this year? <laughs> Well, cool. Well, uh, I certainly appreciate you taking some time to uh, to chat today, and uh, good luck getting everything together the off season, and uh, good luck going forward. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Justin. I appreciate it. Over the last few years, not too many drivers have had as much success as Matt Williamson. A championship, a Super Dirt Week win, and several other marquee wins have gone a long way towards earning him the nickname Money Matt. Thanks again to Matt for the time. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok.